superheroes. Hi guys, how are you? Fine, and you? I'm uh, I'm fine. Uh, welcome uh, in uh, the podcast studio, I would say. Thanks for having us. Uh-huh. <laughs> no worries. Uh, uh, today is uh, another security episode. Yes. Uh, Finally, another uh, one. Another one, yeah. So you can uh, you can go all out, uh, and this time about uh, app defense. Correct. Where do you want me to start, Stan? At the very beginning. Well, start I, with the beginning. I would say. I, I'm supposed to be an expert, I think, because I was uh, I was manning the boots at VMworld uh, for <laughs> right <laughs> for right, right. Right. How, how did that turn out for you? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Very well, very well. But uh, let let's say that um, uh, the amount of people was rather small that mm. uh, came and visited me uh, on the boot. So uh, let's start. Did, let's start with. App defense for dummies. App yeah. defense for dummies. Yeah. So when you were at the boot, did you get the idea that app defense was not common knowledge? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Okay. In all the cases. Okay. And the the, the, the most of the cases, uh, people came to me and said, what is app yeah. defense? What, what, what does it do? Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, what do you think it does? There was one guy. <laughs> I said, yeah, I think it does something with defense of apps i said yeah marketing did a very good job yeah, the clues in the title yeah good job <laughs> good job so the the the, the that, that guy and okay so on the on the on the the boot was uh, visual platinum so that that doesn't mm. say anything mm. but uh but there was a presentation running and uh, the presentation in every title included uh app defense app defense app defense so he's like yeah i think it does something with defense of apps yeah i said yeah Check. <laughs> some heavy, okay, you know everything. <laughs> that's some uh, heavy deduction yeah, skills yeah. Uh, <laughs> applied. Yeah. Yeah. But marketing did a very good job there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Something we do well uh, nowadays is start, we start naming our stuff more relevantly. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. something like vSphere, if I if I say vSphere to somebody that's not in IT, yeah. they have no clue what it is. No. E- ESX, vCenter. Yeah, sure. Center, centralized management. And yeah, well, even. but still. Yeah. 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 Anyway, app defense definitely covers the load. Yes. Yeah. So um, let's start at the beginning. A couple of things before I dive in some more of the technicalities. Yes. Um, app defense is pretty much our answer to traditional security. In that sense, that if you remember VM World 2017, two years ago. Yes. Over two years ago already. Yep. Um, our our chief Pat Gelsinger, mm-hmm. I can call him Pat, yeah. um, said that he wants to drastically change how security is being enforced right. in 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 the data center. I even think he said traditional security is broken. Yeah, that's it's exactly <laughs> what he said. Yeah. Um, and and what and and my follow up question: Why? Why or how? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, because. To date, it's fair to say that there are hundreds, if not thousands of different security solutions within a data center alone. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even, that's why I emphasis on the data center. I'm not even talking about, with all respect to my colleague, uh, namesake Frederik, uh, to mobile security or or, um, security on on a desktop or on a portable. And that's the word I was looking for. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Endpoint security. Um, I'm not even covering that part, mm-hmm. but within the data center alone, hundreds, if not thousands, different of security solutions. Some of them focusing on anti-malware, mm-hmm. some of them on exploits, vulnerabilities, some of them only on the monitoring side, not really blocking stuff, but just 
visualizing what, what's happening, mm-hmm. centralizing logs and monitoring, etc. Um, Pat said that it's broken because what they all have in common is that they're chasing something bad. They're mm-hmm. chasing what could potentially go wrong in terms of intrusions, in terms of security events. Right? So they're actually running behind the threat. Not only that, they're fighting a never-ending war, and a war mm-hmm. that nobody can win. As an example, if I were to be a bad guy and I make up a malware or a ransomware or a virus in general, mm-hmm. I'm the writer of that code and nobody knows that that code exists. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we call a, a zero-day exploit. exploit. If, if, yeah. if I do that correctly, yeah, if there's a, a hole in a specific set mm-hmm. of software and I exploit that hole, then I'm using a, a zero-day uh, exploit. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows that that hole exists, so I'm the only one that can benefit from that intrusion, from, mm-hmm. from that action. Um, as soon as I start doing that, I, if all goes well, I will pop up on some radars, mm-hmm. and code is then being written to block my actions. But that is then, if you have a day zero, that is then day one, two, three, four, potentially, that is that is something that a hole is... That's being super optimistic. It's probably uh, day 30 or 60 uh, or 90. It's, yeah. it's around 60 days or yeah. 65 days yeah. before uh, s- such kind of threats are detected. Yeah. And that's what they're all trying to um, find faster, basically. Uh, so that, yeah. that's the war I was talking about. All their energy, all their efforts is into closing that, that gap, mm-hmm. close, closing that window. And bringing bringing the sixty days closer to zero, yes, yeah. And the, you already know that that's impossible, yeah, sure. Because somebody will find another way around that, yeah. or or write yeah. some new code that no, nobody thought of. So they're always, as you said, chasing uh, behind the facts, running behind the facts, mm. fighting an, an ever losing war. Yeah, it's a, it's a war they can't basically never win, never. So and that's where Pat said. Let's turn it around in, in our benefit mm-hmm. and let's start looking if the hypervisor, our bread and butter in, mm-hmm. in VMware, could potentially be leveraged to uh, heighten that level of security okay, as, as a security platform. Mm-hmm. Um, another way of thinking in, 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 in terms of app defense is, uh, are you familiar with the term Goldilocks zone? It's a, a zone that's being used in physics or by physicians Mm -hmm. and it uh, talks about the ideal distance of a planet away from a sun and for the 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 livability or something like that yeah yeah. so the the likelihood that it could be hosting life um, is an is very in in terms of meters or kilometers it's a very broad range but uh, in in when you look at it from a galaxy point of view it's it's just a few planets Mm -hmm. within a single galaxy that are just the right amount away from the sun to to not be too cold or too warm to be able to host life we found one lately uh, uh, last year i think toy is it toy yeah 700b Whatever, yeah. The okay. geek is coming out. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> could, could be, yeah. yeah. But one of those planets. And, and Pat said, basically, we as a hypervisor, we are in that Goldilocks zone. We are so close to an application that it allows us to monitor and look into the details of an application and yet far, far enough away from an application to be able to apply security so that it doesn't interfere with what the application yeah. is doing. 
And with, with that in mind, App Defense was born. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that App Defense does is it starts looking at your application. How is it behaving? Mm-hmm. And when I say application, that could be the sum of X amount of virtual machines, X amount of workloads. Mm-hmm. Okay. Typically, one application is not one VM. No, an, an application mm-hmm. stack or an VM. application stack, yeah. a multi-tiered uh, mm-hmm. environment where you have front-end and back-end and logic and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So when I say application, I mean a bunch of virtual machines. Mm-hmm. And when we then let loose app defense on that bunch of machines, we um, define a scope. The scope is the application. Mm-hmm. And it will say, okay, on these machines, I see these services running. Mm-hmm. And these services communicate with other machines as mm-hmm. part of this application over these ports. Mm-hmm. One is sending traffic. One is accepting receiving, traffic, yeah. receiving traffic. Um, this is the way your application, as we see it, works. Mm-hmm. And follow-up question that we're talking about virtual virtual machines that works with uh, containers. We that doesn't matter. Well, well, it does. So okay. uh, when it was first released two years ago, the scope was just virtual machines, okay. and now we're looking into uh, enhancing that towards uh, microservices, towards okay. containers. Okay. As of today, it's a third-party integration. Okay, because yeah, you can have hundreds of services running, making up one application, yeah. which makes it even more difficult because yeah. the, the communication is going everywhere. Especially so, with microservices <coughs> in mind, yeah, it's, it's it, a yeah. very uh, volatile environment. Yeah. It changes at ad hoc. Yeah. Um, we're, so, we're looking into so that. So today it's VMs. Today it's VMs. Okay. Tomorrow it's definitely going to be with containers okay, cool. in mind. Um, and as I said, it's already kind of possible today, mm-hmm. but with a third-party integration. Okay. So we need to leverage somebody else to okay. give us that, that insight. So... First off, we try to determine how your application works. And there mm-hmm. are a few ways of doing that. As mm-hmm. I just said, um, from, a, from a monitoring, like a learning phase point of view, we just start looking at what's going on inside the virtual machine. The beauty of that is that we can do that from a, hyperpi- a hypervisor point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit of a spoiler alert here, but when we say agentless in VMware terms, um, there's, there's still an agent. Right, our our spy, if you want, is the VM tools. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, typically, it should mm-hmm. be installed on your servers yeah. uh, as as part of the vSphere environment. It's not always the case, but it should be there. And that's the one closest to the application. It's, itself. it's inside yeah. the operating system. It's, it's, it could not be yeah. closer. Yeah. Yeah. But it has a, a direct connection to the hypervisor itself, right? Yeah. A lifeline, if you want, to yeah. to the hypervisor. So that's the agent then uh, enhanced with app defense mm-hmm. uh, technology that allows us to look inside a guest machine uh, to see what those services are and how they communicate. And th- that's, a, that's a learning phase. However, there's another way or um, an, uh, an combined together. You should probably use them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, another way of doing that. And that's before the application is even live. And that's, okay. a, that's a nice aspect of app defense because I'm a strong believer that nobody spawns a virtual machine by accident. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, let's virtualize something. There's always virtualization is a means to an end, mm-hmm. right? So you plan the deployment of a virtual machine. You know upfront, or you should know upfront, what the nature of that virtual machine is going to be. Yep. Either you know, and you can tell AppDefense, but ideally your automation platform knows. And your automation platform in terms of VMware, could be vRealize, automation, orchestration. 
uh, out of the scope of VMware could be Puppet, Chef, Ansible, mm -hmm. the, the, the typical automation yeah. tools within um, a data center. All of them have something in common. Um, the naming varies, but all of them work with what's called a manifest. Mm -hmm. Some call it a template, some call it uh, other stuff, but a, a manifest. Mm -hmm. That manifest tells us what the nature of the guest machine is going to be once the VM, from VMware point of view, eh, the, the, the container in other words, mm -hmm. the bubble in which you're going to virtualize something, what the nature is going to be. Is it going to be a web server? If so, what's the service? Is it Nginx? Is it IIS? Is it mm -hmm. Apache or whatever? On what port is it going to listen? With uh, which what other components of that application is it going to communicate directly to a database on a specific port? Yeah directly to logic on, on other ports, etc. So all of that is known information even before the application is live. Okay. Because it's part of that manifest, right? Yeah. So if we could leverage that information and feed that to AppDefense, AppDefense then becomes a tool that says, I, I, I see that this is happening and I agree that this is now running and I, I can now start enforcing some stuff mm -hmm. as soon as something uh, Yes. Uh, is, is, is not what was put in the manifest. Yeah. Eh? Mm -hmm. is, is walking away from, from, from those details. So that's the, that's the first part. That's what we call the detection phase. Mm -hmm. And I already hinted towards the next phase, and that's the, the blocking phase, mm -hmm. basically. Because now, either through the learning mode, as I mentioned before, or by feeding AppDefense with that information even before the virtual machine mm -hmm. or parts of the application is live, we can determine the details of an application. Okay, makes sense. We now know what is needed in terms of ports, protocols, services, files, what makes up our application mm -hmm. unique, what makes it unique, basically. Yeah, but, but <clears throat> I called it at VMworld always a fingerprint. A fingerprint, yeah. It's, a good, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's always something unique, right? It's, yeah. a, it's always something unique. It's and the DNA of the yeah. application. Yeah, this defines what your application looks like, how it works, how it's communicating with yeah. other parts of that application and even other applications outside of its own scope. Yeah. Okay. So now we can do stuff with that. We mm -hmm. now have that information. We can start putting that in stone, basically, mm -hmm. and say, okay... Now that we know, we write that in stone and everything that deviates from what we've learned that the application should be, we consider bad. Okay. okay. Makes sense. Makes sense because we know what is necessary for our application to work, which means that everything additionally is bad. We don't need that for mm -hmm. our application to work. So that's a, a very different direction than what we mentioned during the introduction. Mm -hmm. It's not chasing chasing everything that could potentially go wrong, chasing the bad, mm -hmm. but just enforcing the good. Mm -hmm. If you know how your application works and you can set that in stone, everything additionally is potentially bad. We're not saying that it's bad, but it's potentially bad. Exactly. It's not needed for my application mm -hmm. to work. And that's the second aspect. So once we set that in stone, we start monitoring any changes. Mm -hmm. What could those changes be? A new process spawns in a guest. I don't need that process because I, I know what processes were required for my mm -hmm. application to work. So we see that. And I'll come back to the third point, which is then the action we can mm -hmm. take on that. Um, another change that could occur is that I have a process running. And in normal situations, it's communicating over port, I don't know, one, two, three, just to give an example, mm -hmm. to another aspect of my application. And all of a sudden, it starts communicating with the internet. 
I don't need that as part of my application, but we see that that happens. Mm -hmm. That could be uh, typically tied to ransomware, for instance, yeah. that it's that a certain service tries mm -hmm. to connect a command and control center in, in on the internet or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. A new process spawns, uh, as I mentioned, uh, a, a process that starts communicating over another port, starts accepting data from other ports, other other parts of, mm -hmm. of, of the application. Uh, any, anything that is that that changes within an application. Yeah, anything. I'm just giving example. Yeah, but that's the, it. Exactly. Anything. It's anything. Yeah. Can you? Because anything that changes that is unpredictable, so yeah. something that happens outside of the, the scope, uh, what if it's in the scope? So you change your manifest, for example, updates, those kind of things. That, that's typically part of that learning phase then. Yeah. So we need to relearn what then the baseline basically mm -hmm. is of, of that application. If if you, as part of a development cycle or an upgrade cycle, determine uh, as the owner of that application that that baseline needs to change and app defense needs to know. Mm. We take that into account and we can do that in two ways. Either we change that manifest and feed that back to app defense so we know that the scope has changed or we turn on the learning mode. And that's the most, the, the, the least intrusive way. We just learn the new aspects of, of yeah. the application. Uh, how much but, time do you need for your learning? Because at a certain moment you will create a gap then uh, of un unprotected mode. So you will have... A learning period 10 days 20 days mm -hmm. so that means that you have a gap of security or yeah well it's not in, in, in days that that yeah. could even be something as close as minutes for instance if you know that you're going to upgrade a certain aspect of the guest machine for, for let's say it's a windows machine mm -hmm. and what it was it's called patch tuesday or patch thursday or, or something um, a specific day of the week that Microsoft yeah. releases its software if you know that's going to happen right and you centralize your patching then you have a, a window of opportunity, if you want, in which you can patch. Mm -hmm. During that window, you just put the, the, the machine back in learning mode or the, the application and put AppDefense in learning mode for that specific application. And it will learn the new details of certain yeah. DLLs and services and, 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 and you name it, um, just as part of that upgrade cycle. Right? Mm -hmm. But you need to take that into account because if you don't tell AppDefense that an upgrade is going to take place, it will say, Hold on, this service has changed. Uh, I've created me. I've created a new hash uh, based on the details I had before, and, and now it's an entirely different executable. For instance, that's for that for him for his yep. point of view is an intrusion, right? Is yep. that is that for uh, because from what I'm now hearing and and also what I heard on on VMworld, um, it is also a, a kind of a drastic change in the processes to upgrade. Yeah. yeah. Because you, you need to now uh, put the learning mode or need to uh, put a, a time window in there yeah. to, to say, okay, this is where I put, where I uh, make app defense smart again or, yeah. or, 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 or add everything uh, that has been written in stone, change it or, or potentially add some extra stuff. Um, so that is, that is um, kind of intrusive for your processes mm -hmm. as well. It, it, well. it is, but it is, it is. It is painfully necessary, and, okay. and I'll explain why. Can, yeah. can I interrupt a little bit? We know all our organization in Belgium have, of course, a test environment, a Q&A environment, and sure, a production sure. environment. Yeah. They're yeah. all special, so yeah. they will do that. Yeah. So that, that. That's a bit to my point, because we don't live in an ideal world. Because no. in, in an ideal world, we have tight integration with, uh, coming back to the example I gave before, with, for instance, Microsoft. Mm -hmm. If Microsoft could tell us upfront what the details of a new executable or an existing executable 
is and, and it changes in, in size or, or, or in nature, mm -hmm. then we can feed that information to uh, AppDefense. So Microsoft is not your only platform. No, no. You will also have other mm. stuff, tools, uh, open source or not mm -hmm. uh, running in, in your guest. So all of them need to automatically feed AppDefense. That's not the case today. Let me be very mm -hmm. clear. That would be in an ideal world. But why don't we leverage that? Because all of those are potentially attacking vectors. Mm -hmm. Let's say somebody hacks GitHub, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, or your account on GitHub, and is able to insert code in the next update that you're going to do. You say, okay, I have a tight in an ideal world again. I have a tight integration with my GitHub re repository. Mm -hmm. I do my updates from there, and unwillingly you download something potentially harmful. That's a that's again a risk that, mm -hmm. that you take. So. Today, we don't have that kind of integration because we don't want to depend on them. Get it? How is AppDefense learning then? How, because how? Is it, so it learns from, uh, from your application. Um, does it have some sort of uh, backend where it, can, where it can benchmark if that is normal behavior or is that not the case? Well, th there's a certain aspect of AI involved mm -hmm. in, in AppDefense and it's, it, it's twofold. Um, the first part of it takes into account common services in, for instance, Windows or Linux okay. and treats them as common, as normal as normal. Yes, yeah. but for instance, let's take the example of Windows again, python.exe, mm -hmm. right? Starts your Python uh, compiler, mm -hmm. basically, yeah. to, to enable you to run code in, in, in Python. Python.exe, not vulnerable in itself not vulnerable, but what Python could potentially launch yeah. is a malicious script or a malicious yeah. file. Yeah. So where do you draw the line? Yeah. We will say from AppDefense point of view, and that's the first aspect, Python you can trust. However, we're going to monitor Python tightly to see what it is that it is launching. Mm. If Python is launching uh, hackthis.script or something, <laughs> potentially harmful, right? So ju just an example. And, and AppDefense takes care of that. That's one aspect. And then another aspect is we have also an integration with what used to be a third party, but is now part of VMware Carbon Black, uh -huh. that can tell us, uh, and then, that, then that's the best of both worlds, right? Um, that can tell us if a, if a file is potentially harmful. Okay. But then based on chasing the bad. Okay. Yeah. You, you see, so that's information coming from a malware engine, if you mm -hmm. if you want, that says we have seen some strange mm -hmm. stuff happening with this DLL or this executable or, or this service in the past. So we give it a score, mm -hmm. a risk score, basically from zero to five. It mm -hmm. says five, steer away from this file. Mm -hmm. Zero, we haven't seen anything yet. Does not mean that it's not that it's not harmful. Exactly. Yeah. But from a community point of view, we think it's it's yeah. pretty safe. Mm -hmm. Do we also take to in, into account, for example, CVEs or something? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that, that's part of the first phase. Yeah. Um, if a, a cert, uh, the first aspect, I, I mean, uh, if if a certain executable or application as a whole has many CVEs and you happen to run that specific version, then we will definitely let let you know. Okay. It's still up to you to take it into account or not, right? And that makes that, that that's always right. That's always yeah. always because the it's, uh, in the in the, in the uh, response phase. It also, it's also up to you, yeah. partially. That's the third aspect. Right. So the first aspect was, uh, let's make sure we understand your application mm -hmm. fully. Second aspect is, let's detect any changes mm -hmm. from now on, mm -hmm. from what we have agreed that how your application should work. 
And then the third part is the response phase, the action mm -hmm. phase. Um, we're still a hypervisor technology. Mm -hmm. App Defense is very much integrated in, inside your hypervisor. So what could potentially be a response, you think? As a hypervisor, uh, all actions, what you can do with a VM. So exactly, uh, power exactly. off, power on. Exactly, uh, exactly. So everything your vCenter can do from a basic point of view. Let's say you don't have NSX, for instance. From a basic vCenter point of view, everything that you could potentially do with a VM is a potential action of app defense. Yeah. Revert to a backup. Um, shut it down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> from my from my point of view, if if you're the victim of a denial of service attack, and then app defense response is shut down the machine, in my book that's a successful uh, <laughs> denial of service <laughs> uh, attack. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so everything that you can do with vCenter, you could potentially do on that virtual machine as well as a response. Now extend that to NSX. Mm -hmm. Now you can do magic. You control the network and you control security around. A specific virtual machine as part of an application so you could say okay um, i put a backup back last backup from yesterday because i've seen something and yesterday it was not the case so your application will keep on running mm -hmm. fine but the machine that we saw one on which something was happening we now put in quarantine mm -hmm. and we give it for instance to i don't know trend micro or palo alto or fortinet or whatever you you might you might like there i have no preference whatsoever mm -hmm. we are also not sponsored by any of those um if, you, but if you, you're listening, we're still looking for sponsorship. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Between the lines, that's exactly what I meant. Um, but we can give it to, to other scanning engines or Carbon Black. In, yeah. in the future, who are we to say that that will not be an integration? Yeah. Um, to, to really scan in, inside the, those machines. Now, the, the trick here is our job is to chase the good right? and any change is not necessarily a virus or a malware or a hacker. No. So I'm not so sure what that uh, third-party integration will leverage us because they're chasing the bat. So right? yeah, so if let, let's say uh, back to the introduction, uh, we have a day zero exploit. There mm -hmm. is a new process being spun. Um, App Defense sees that new process, mm -hmm. puts your VM in quarantine, mm -hmm. and your third-party integration is only. Um, acting on that day zero exploit right. in 60 days. Yeah. So they don't know exactly, and you have emphasized the value of App Defense. App Defense has seen, it doesn't know that it's a zero day, but it has seen that change. Yeah, yeah sure. You see, it's been monitored. Mm -hmm. We can take action on it. Yeah. We don't have to wait till somebody writes the code against that zero day. No. We already have seen that change. Okay. Right? And that's the biggest value. Um, so in that response phase, either through vCenter or through, through NSX, um, put your virtual machine in quarantine, start scanning it, putting in a other part of your network, uh, roll back certain aspects. All of that can be highly, highly yeah. automated. That is really nice because otherwise you... you, you and the, the only thing that I'm, that I'm wondering then is, um, let's say I have a, a zero-day uh, exploit. Mm -hmm. I put it into quarantine. I put it into quarantine, but my third-party integration doesn't see anything. Mm -hmm. So you put it back in production. Mm -hmm. So then you agree on the change. No, well, no, that's not the, the chain I would follow. So yes, you put it in quarantine and you only put it back once it's been, yeah, actually you're Normal, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because it hasn't, it hasn't seen it yet. It, it, so it doesn't it, know any better. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. know, it doesn't know yeah. that is an exploit. That that's moment. my point from before. So I'm not sure what they, what, what that's, what you gain from, from adding. In, uh, in the end, if you have a security guy and he sees new processes spawning, mm. But then it's a manual action. 
But if, if he sees new things going on in a virtual machine, and then in the end, he will need to say, okay, is, is this then normal behavior well, for my application? Yes. Another or no? response could be just <coughs> reporting on it. Yeah. Right. And that could be as part of a development lifecycle. Let's say somebody's actively developing an application. So the nature of the application always change. Is that application then a good candidate for app defense? Perhaps not, because it's always, always, it's changing, always changing, right? Uh, we say yes. Why? Because one of the aspects of response is um, reporting back to the developer itself. Okay. Now, this requires an even further change in how applications are being provisioned and then managed in, mm -hmm. in, in, in their life cycle. Yeah. Because now the application owner is an active component in the security of that application. Mm -hmm. We force or enforce security upon the developer itself. Which is also a good thing because developers need to change as well mm -hmm. the way they think. They're not too concerned about security. They're more yep. concerned about functionality, yeah, if, you, if you like, uh, in terms of their application. So security becomes an... If it, if it is there, it's an afterthought. Yeah, it's the same thing. In my, my world, it's uh, availability, uptime. They don't think about availability and uptime. But right now, in the changing world of containers, they, they are now building in the 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 logic yeah. of of being up and running every time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you if you look for example uh, to uh, to AWS, you you have a region with multiple availability zones. They now can can enforce that a, an amount of containers is run on one end, a second end, and mm -hmm. a third end. So if something goes wrong, they're always high available. Mm -hmm. Again, that's all about availability. <clears throat> and yeah. yes, ap uh, application developers are really concerned about yeah. availability, not so much about the confidentiality of yeah. what they do, perhaps a little less about the integrity of, of what they're doing. Yeah, still more than the confidentiality part. But security as a whole, no, no. not, not yeah. a priority. Yeah. And then app defense, add app defense to that mix, mm -hmm. and you now have a stick to hit them with. Yeah, correct. You app defense will say something has changed. Mm -hmm the hash of a certain executable has changed or an executable started acting strange than what we saw before. Mm -hmm. What is this? Mm -hmm. So you report this automated, in mm -hmm. an automated way. There's no delay there. Yeah. In an automated way, you can talk to the app, uh, to the application developer and say, mm -hmm. we have seen this change. Do you agree with that? Now, this sounds st stupid because every developer will say, of course, I agree with it. Let me develop. Leave me alone. Yeah, but right? it's in the logs then. Yeah, but it's logged. Mm -hmm. You have agreed upon this, yeah. right? And we have given you the choice to make it more secure or not. Or not yeah. And you decided not to do that. So yeah. that's what I mean by, by a stick to hit. Can, can app defense, is, is, do we need to see it like this, that app defense is then pushed into your CICD pipeline? Ideally, yes. I think it's a bit early in the development cycles of app defense mm -hmm. itself to so technically yes technically mm -hmm. it's possible but um from an adoption point of view i think it's still a bit mm -hmm. early there's yeah, still a bit uh, it, 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 it might be a very good thought to in exactly enforce your developers to think about security and to make sure that so, no no um uh exploits can be uh, yeah, done on their on their application. Yeah, and, and one thing we've done from a, a company point of view to uh, emphasize that mm -hmm. or, or start enforcing that even more is to integrate that natively in vSphere. One of our offerings of vSphere is called vSphere Platinum next mm -hmm. to, what is it, Enterprise? It was my boot on VMware. Was VMware World, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, vSphere Platinum. vSphere Platinum. Yeah. What is vSphere Platinum? Super easy. It's vSphere plus AppDefense built in. 
Correct. Yeah. So no additional uh, downloads or installation or whatever. It's just part of your infrastructure, mm -hmm. right? And that really then enforces a security strategy upon whoever is putting a workload on top of that vSphere, whether it's a developer or an application mm -hmm. owner or, or whatever. So we're, we're getting there. And yeah. those, that, that adoption um, pushback, if I, if I may call it that, yeah. will get away in... Uh, after some considerable time, but it's it's still a bit soon. Now. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that that's my uh, yeah story. Not, not two cents, but three cents <laughs> on uh, <clears throat> web um, defense. Question I have, uh, um, and it relates back to Frederick. Mm -hmm. um, how is that linking to the end user space? Is is it linking back to no. the end user computing space? No, it's primarily focused on server. Okay. On, on applications. Why not desktops? Because desktops change too often. Too often. Yeah. 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 They're, that they're was the response that I also got when I asked that question to yeah. uh, the business unit. Well, technically it is possible, but there's always when you do security, there's always a trade-off between functionality and security. Yeah. And if you put, let's say you put AppDefense on a desktop, yeah, then that desktop basically becomes unworkable. Because yeah, everything you click is a change. Every uh, as soon as you click on something, it's locked. And uh, yeah. uh, there were kind of of solutions on that on the market. Uh, I think McAfee did those kind yeah. of things on on locking down and, and putting it in a sort of kiosk kiosk yeah, mode, mode yeah. and that it could not change anything. It's not workable. So for an end user, we want flexibility. We want those kind of uh, things. And in the in the end, in the end, if we if we look back uh, to the old days where we were enforced not to uh, um, install software, the first thing we did was try to install software. But exactly, <laughs> and and, <laughs> so, and that's the entire thing that I meant by the Goldilocks zone, right? Yeah. Close enough to the application to determine what it is doing, mm -hmm. and far enough away to secure it from. Uh, from from a, from a different angle, and what I mean by that is, yes, we do need an agent within the guest to see all those services yeah. and, and, and flows going on, but we're still a hypervisor company, and that agent has a direct lifeline with the hypervisor. So mm -hmm. as soon as something tampering goes on, mm -hmm. right, what you mentioned, trying to bypass something, we as the hypervisor are outside of the guest to see that happening. Yeah. Because let's be very honest, if you put an enforcement solution, software, whatever. In a guest, that solution becomes part of the same attack vector. Correct. Right? And as you said, first thing that a hacker or a malware tries to do is either bypass or uh, disable that that mm -hmm. component. Yes, we need a component, but that component is closely monitored by the hypervisor itself. Mm -hmm. As soon as something happens to that component, hypervisor module kicks in and we can start, start doing other actions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty here. Because to summarize, actually, very broadly speaking, what we're doing is whitelisting. Whitelisting is definitely not new. As you mentioned, Frederick, McAfee and others have, Semantic, for instance, have similar solutions, all based around whitelisting, all based around an agent in the operating system, yeah. in our, from our point of view, in the guest operating system. Correct. We're doing something similar, but the big difference is that we leverage the hypervisor as an enforcement point here, outside of that guest. That's what I meant by the Goldilocks uh, yeah. approach. So I have two remaining questions the first one you mentioned uh, was the vm tools that we leverage yeah. what happens if something changes there if it doesn't work if it then the hypervisor kicks in that that's part of the the, the app defense technology yeah. basically mm -hmm. we we know our own stuff better than than anybody else I so, so. <laughs> or should should know <laughs> mm -hmm. um if the agent is upgraded it's part of the app defense 
upgrade procedure. So okay. we, we know that that happens. And a second small question. I, I have the feeling that we're uniquely positioned mm -hmm. on, on that part. Is there any competition on, on that layer on, on that um, we see in the market? Well, yes and no. So as I said, quite a few um, whitelisting solutions out there, mm -hmm. all agent-based. Yeah. Our unique positioning is that we are a hypervisor and can start enforcing that mm -hmm. outside of whatever it is that you're protecting. So as long as you're not a hypervisor company, you are not really a competitor to, to this product. Okay. Yeah. Which which concludes it very nicely, I think. We, we, there is no no real competition. If how, you don't. how cool is that? No competitors. <laughs> so, I think monopoly is the word you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So uh, okay, cool. Uh, I think I think we're done, right? It's, sure. Uh, so uh, no more questions. Uh, no more. Then I think we can wrap it up. So sure. uh, thank you everyone for listening, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's hear each other and see each other soon uh, in the next episode of the V Superheroes. Thank you. See you soon. Oh, 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 oh